Hello, good evening, and welcome to The Game Is About Glory. My name is Steph, and this week on The Game Is About Glory, we'll once again be keeping it shortish and sweetish, with a look back at today's match against Watford at the new White Hart Lane, which ended with another 1-0 victory for the mighty Tottenham Hotspur, and puts us on top of the table that nobody says should be looked at right now, but which we have all been looking at for the last three hours. Not just the top, but the bottom. And to give you just an idea of what that's like for a Spurs supporter, that gap was me scrolling from the top to the bottom and seeing Arsenal's name. Joining me in these festivities are Ram and Awesome. Chaps, hello. Have you been doing the same? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> in unison. Not bad. <laughs> hey. You know what? Life's too short not to enjoy these moments. So uh, we have been enjoying that. Um, we are also going to take a look back at Thursday night's Proletariat Champions League second leg against Pajos de Fajaya. A quick look at what has happened at the club over the last week and the moment we've all been waiting for, the moment a few of us knew was always coming, the moment which confirms that you do not fuck with the king of the jungle, General Levy. General Levy is the king of the jungle and Harry Kane is someone we own. Sorry, Harry, it had to be said. You're someone we own. You're someone we own. Harry Kane, you're someone, you're someone we, own. we own. But you're also one of our own, Harry, and we're delighted to have you back. And we will get into that in a little bit. But we're delighted to have him back, aren't we, lads? We'll just say that. Yes? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's essential. If we're going to get top four, he's fucking essential. Always. Yeah. But of course, let us break the ice with a question that has nothing to do with football. Well, actually, maybe it does. <laughs> If you want to take a skewed uh, interpretation of this question, I will allow you to do so. Lads, what's the best thing that you can do with a potato? Ram, we'll start with you. So, yeah, it's, I, there's many answers to this, what seems quite a simple question, but I am going to keep it simple. I'm going to talk about my roast potatoes because that is something I do really well. And it's something that I my my ethos about it is keep it simple. I don't do anything out of the ordinary, but I do it with love. And when you roast a potato with love, anything is possible. I mean, cryptic. What what is there to say to that? <laughs> I don't know. I thought you were going to give us some good tips then on how to roast potatoes. But no, um, no, that, that's a secret. It's love. Um, <laughs> my one's similar, to be honest. It's winter here in Melbourne, and um, as a result, I've been cracking the uh, the log fire open or going every every night. And for a while, I was like, you know, cooking things in the oven. Then I was like, why don't I just use this? So I've started wrapping potatoes in foil with a bit of butter and punching a few holes in, chuck them in the fire, 45 minutes, and you've got crispy skin, soft in the middle, bit of butter, sour cream, and that's, that's dinner. Delicious. Oh, it all sounds good. I'm going to say to you that, sadly, I try and not eat so much uh, potato these days due to sort of watching my carbs, which is what you have to do at the age of 54. You whippersnappers will get there. Don't worry. It'll happen to you. <laughs> However, I can tell you that thanks to my um, Wexford-born Irish mother, I make what I consider to be the best mashed potatoes in the world, uh, which involves a little bit of cream, fair amount of butter, salt and pepper, and, and, and you know, the the finest quality potatoes you can get. And I can tell you that my daughter absolutely wolfs them down every time. And I would be lying if I told you that I don't sneak a spoonful in myself. So I, for me, it's got to be mashed potatoes. But there we are. From potatoes, we move with a smooth segue <laughs> into the story of Harry Kane. I mean, I, I suppose we could say that Charlie Kane sometimes looks like a potato, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> 
Why? I don't know. But anyway, uh, look, let's be honest. This whole episode has been grubby a little bit. Um, I think that there is no doubt uh, in my mind that the true villains of the piece are Manchester City for the egregious way in which they've appear. They appear to have attempted to do business uh, over Kane um, and how they've managed to engage people or not engage people, as the case may be. Um, it certainly adds to the forgiveness, I feel, uh, and I'm really looking forward to having the best player in the league playing for us. And before I bring you into the, the conversation on this, I do want to read a quote from the Basil Fawlty of uh, football management. And that is Pep Guardiola, who on Friday, uh, the ambulance is in full force on Friday. There's no doubt because he was wow, 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 wow. The spoilt man child, as I say, a bit Basil Fawlty-ish in my opinion. Um, I'll spare you the accent. The club did absolutely everything. He's talking about Manchester City, who apparently didn't do absolutely everything, Pep, because you don't have Harry Kane. We didn't talk about Tottenham. Not even one offer, because they didn't want to negotiate. When one team doesn't want to negotiate, there is nothing to say. It's understandable. Tottenham didn't want to talk, so we didn't talk. The moment they open the door, maybe it happens. Maybe they say we want 200 million. That isn't going to happen. We don't have it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. We tried to open the door to negotiate, but the big master in negotiations, Daniel Levy, knows everything. We couldn't do it. Maybe I'd do the same having Harry Kane in my team. He's a Tottenham player, and I wish him the best in in the last years of his career, doing well in London, and I'm now going to throw all my toys out of the pram because my boss didn't get me the toy that I wanted the most. Come on in, guys. I mean, it's pathetic, isn't it? I just, I think the first thing I want to say is he made those comments and I don't think enough has been made about that because that's consistently Pep. He 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 talks about other teams' players. He um you know he causes grief. He 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 then throws his toys out the pram. But because of Tick Attacker, he doesn't get held accountable for it. And I feel he should be held accountable more for um the things that he says. He's done this before, and I think we've mentioned it. I can't remember if it was in a previous pod or on on a on a chat in our chat group that he actually started tapping Harry Kane up when he called it us the Harry Kane team uh, and that was a you know a couple a few seasons ago but it's so beautiful I, I I love that he said that knowing that the best player in the league and the best striker in the world is still at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club yeah I mean it'd be nice one day if someone could uh, tap up one of his players but unfortunately a lot of this does come down to money and they have got as much as any club in the world and it's absolute crap that they couldn't afford him if it's true that they did come in for a bid of 100 million and that was declined then it was very simple up your bid by 50 at least 50 and come back in again it's not it's not difficult um 50 million to an oil state is you know half an hour's pumping at the uh the bowsers they say so he should just you know he should just fuck off and be quiet about other people's players it's 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 a no-go territory isn't it you don't talk about other people's players and he's he's put his hand up there and fucking we've done it consistently and it deserves to come back to him one day imagine that was harry redknapp saying that it would be all over the press. He'd be called, you know, like oh, wheeler dealer, back, you know, bung, all this, you know, all the, all the kind of stuff he's associated with. But Pep seems to get a pass for it, and it's just beautiful. Not only is it beautiful that they missed out on Kane, but it's even more beautiful that they missed out on Ronaldo as well, and he didn't get any of the little presents he was promised. Yeah, he's, he, you're so right. I was just thinking about it. I thought about my Basil Faulty analogy, and I just kept on remembering. <laughs> it's kind of ironic. Yeah, you know, Basil would give Manuel a little slap and says, don't mind, he comes from Barcelona. That could be a little bit of a reverse here, actually. You know, we would probably need a Manuel to go and give 
Pep a little slap around the head and say, don't worry, he comes from Barcelona. I mean, all, you know, all jokes aside, though, I couldn't agree more with both of you. I think that this man completely gets gets away with, uh, you know, in, impetuous, uh, impatient, entitled uh, commentaries and behaviours. Uh, there is not a shred of decorum about him uh, when it comes to things that he feels that he's entitled to. He's not a master of disguising that at all. He's actually very snitty. Mm. And this, you know, yeah, I mean, he's absolutely inviting people to to really have a good laugh at him. Uh, mm. And I wish more people would. And I wish the press would pick up on this. Yeah. And this is one of the reasons that I've, uh, the main reason actually, that I can't really get upset at Harry Kane. Because I think Kane, and I think we all agree, was somewhat dragged down the path in an unscrupulous fashion. And I think they tried to work him. But once again, <laughs> when you come up against General Levy, <laughs> the man is not going to budge, especially if you try and take the piss. I think that's that's the truth of it, right? Yeah, exactly. The offer was never even worth considering. And, um, you know, it's no secret that Levy's difficult to deal with or an extremely good chairman. And, um, you know, just <laughs> one other valid point here is if, you know, since Pep made that comment about us being a Harry Kane team, he can't beat us. Yeah. We are we are their bogey team. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's a crazy situation that this has become that, that, you know, probably the best team in the country, if not Europe, just we're rolling them over time after time at home. That's four in a row, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They come to the new White Hart Lane and they go home with their tail between their legs and Basil jumping up and down, slapping himself, saying, don't worry, I come from Barcelona. Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, but, you know, I just want to throw this in at the end of uh, our Harry Kane uh, celebration to say that, you know, the game is about glory is consistently said from the get go that Harry Kane would remain a Tottenham Hotspur player. And we've consistently said that, you know, it's never been a serious offer uh, from Man City's part. They've tried to destabilise the player, in our opinion. And I think in this case, our opinion is, is spot on. So nice that we've been able to put that to bed and nice to see Harry uh, remaining where he should. Um, so moving on from retaining the greatest striker in the world, the Petro Steroid Club somehow decided they couldn't afford the deal for Papa Matassar is done. Uh, he was meant to be at the game today, apparently. Um, watching the 1-0 victory against Watford. The fee is rumoured to be 13 million plus add-ons and he will be returning to Mets on loan for the season. Uh, I think it's fair to say we'll probably try and catch a Mets game whenever we can this season to get a better look at him. Um, anyone, have you guys done your YouTube diligence on him? I'm very excited by this one. I mean, I know YouTube's no way of judging a player. I mean, you can make Doherty look like, uh, you know, Cafu on YouTube, but central midfielder, box-to-box, Good skill, decent shot on him, extremely young, strong. Yeah, I'm I'm excited by this one. Same. To be honest, I didn't know anything about him until we were linked with him and then I was uh reading a lot about what you guys on you know on, on in the chat, so I I had a better look. And I would it be wrong to assume there's a touch of kind of Vieira to him? A young Vieira. Um yeah. you know, that kind of all round like you said, awesome box to box midfielder. Um and these sorts of signings are uh, exciting for me because it's how we used to sign players and uh, and that's really exciting. And I think the fact that we're allowing him to go back on loan, I think there's a plan for him. Um, you know, there's a long-term plan for for him when, when we're allowing players to do that. So, so, yeah, bring him on. Great. Other news this week saw Musa Sissoko join Watford for, for three million quid on Friday. And we are going to be discussing Musa and his time at the club in more detail next week. But 
just to say, I mean, I think I speak for everyone on this pod when I say that, number one, we love him and thank him for his time. And that, number two, he's been unfairly maligned by some amongst our fan base. Uh, he's a player who never gave less than 100% for us. And every time he's pulled on the shirt, especially after that difficult start to his career, you know, he, he became an integral part of, of, of what we were doing in the latter years of Poch. And he was an integral part of the team that took us to the Champions League final. So, so long, Busa. Uh, thanks for the good times. Uh, I think he's going to do really well at Watford. And chaps, a quick word. I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to, Jeff, thank him for his, thank him for his time with us. I'm, I'm not going to steal the limelight here because I know Ram is his biggest fan. Um, but yeah, he, he ended up being a great signing and never gave anything less than com- full commitment to the cause. Um, I think he's underrated, particularly in transition. Um, I think he was a, he was a good player in that sense. Yeah, the less shooting, the better. But um, no, I think he ends up going down as a great signing for us. Yeah, I mean, I'm a student in a classroom standing up on a table and Musa is my Robin Williams and I am proclaiming to him, oh, goat, my goat. And I'm just really pleased for him. You know, he's staying at the top level of English football, you know, with Watford in in the Premier League. And I'm really glad for the reception he got today as well at the lane. And I I think that that is indicative of his time at Spurs and what he gave to us. Rem, I've got to ask you, did you just bring up Robin Williams? Yes, I did. Yeah. And which film? Dead Poets Society. Can I just tell you, and this is the this is the honest, honest truth. I'm sitting here earlier today thinking of ways, and I'm sort of breaking protocol a bit here because I'm getting into the match before we're going there, but just a little sneak preview for the listeners of where we're going to go with the look at our 1-0 victory over Watford. Um, you've had a Musa preview. Now you're going to get a Deli Alley preview. I was trying to think of an analogy that could frame Deli Alley as he is now versus Deli Alley as people remember him. And I came up with Robin Williams as as an actor, because Robin Williams was forever known as a comedian, but he was actually yeah. also a brilliant actor. But yeah. I thought, I thought of Dead Poets Society. I'm like, I'm going to bring that up. And you've just done it. How brilliant. <laughs> this is the congruence you get with the Game is About Glory team. This is how we roll. We haven't spoken. Have we spoken about this? We not, haven't. Not at all. Not at all. Oh, this is fantastic. This is fantastic. And 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 uh, anyway, <laughs> just, to, just to round up the transfer window, because we're busting to get to get to the uh to well, ram's busting to say one more thing go on i just want to say one more thing actually when you talk about the connection we have if you look at our lineup today this is a truly international lineup there's someone in london someone in oz someone in the states this is this is the game is about glory this is a beautiful moment we're internationally recognized pod trans global yeah as a matter of <laughs> fact if we were going to play a song right now we will play chase and statuses international (laughs) (laughs) well coming back in to finish off the week that was in the transfer window we apparently have been making a move for Adama Traore it's been uh, heavily rumoured but apparently Wolves aren't going to sell saved me from having to borrow some of Adama's baby oil uh, and helping me execute the sharpest U-turn in history if we do end up signing him I can guarantee you yoga moves like you've never seen and an invocation of football hypocrisy which is my right um on a slightly more serious note and a a really positive note uh news emerged during the week that the club are recruiting a mental health and emotional well-being manager to work closely with academy players and assure that mental well-being is prioritized throughout the club uh it's believed to be a first for a big six premier league club um chaps it feels like this is a long overdue but very positive step right 
I'm so proud of the club for uh, doing this and, you know, and not not just for being the first club to take this step, but just for doing it in the first place. And it is long overdue, um, you know, and I think it's starting, it's helping even more. It's it's a natural progression of what's going on in life and it's happening in football, which is people are more aware of their mental health and it is becoming an, a, a very important aspect of, of how we progress as a species even, you know, and how we progress in, in terms of our own, in terms of how, how, how we... Um, interact with others and I think it also puts another nail in the coffin for um, the old footballing um, kind of adage of you know uh, that men well sorry boys should be should behave like real men and just get on with it in football you know and things like that and I think that it really puts pay to that because footballers are role models and imagine now having a group of young men and women who are representing this game who are emotionally healthy who are being checked in on you know these are these are these are individuals at a very very young age are being put in a very very strange situation and unique situation and I only wish it happened you know when you hear some of the stories that have come out in the last few years I only wish it happened maybe 30 you know 20 30 40 years ago but the 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 important thing is it's happening now and and I really commend the club for that yeah I'll just add to that that you know football's an industry where you know your main assets other than the stadium are the players and Mm. and not investing in the the, the mental health of those assets is is clearly um you know it's negligent yeah i think it's sensible to invest in the assets that that make the club and that is the players mm. agreed i agreed uh, it's it's such a positive move and and here's hoping that you know it saves a few of the young players not just the ones who make it uh yeah. the ones who don't i think that's an equally important facet yeah. and a responsibility that the club has any club in football has is to also ease the transition out from an academy or a, a footballing situation for, for for the kids that don't make it because of course there's a fair few more kids that don't make it than do and it's an extremely hard thing to come down from so uh well done to everyone at the club for that uh before we move to the now twice previewed game against Wolverhampton Wanderers which we won 1-0 and not against Wolverhampton Wanderers even uh, how about the game against Watford <laughs> the other team with a W uh, who actually playing yellow not orange I'm still sort of um, you know what it is I'm spinning at the thought of Adama Traore coming to Spurs and how much pivoting I'm going to have to do I think I'm stuck <laughs> in the back of my mind as I turn quicker uh, than so- Adama Traore yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I just nearly turned us on our head quicker than a Darwin And we did beat their 1 0 as well, so it's not. We did. It's incorrect. all, you know, there is congruence, but uh, for accuracy's sake, for accuracy's sake, of course. When you're top of the league, all the all these other teams just, you know, they all become they- <laughs> one. You're, you're both you're both so polite for covering up for my gaffe there. Um, but anyway, before we get to the one nil victory over Watford, let's talk about the three nil victory briefly uh, in the uh, Proletariat Champions League against Pajas de Fajera. It was nice to see Brian Hill, um, you know, really showing some exciting stuff i mean it's just such potential good to see harry get a couple of goals um any other notable uh, things that you want to call out about the performance that was fairly comfortable actually another clean sheet winks winks improved on on the first leg and i think showed some some good strength of character 
yeah, important for Kane to kind of get those goals, particularly in front of the the home fans. I think. I think it's uh, just going on to the Kane goals. I think that was really important that that happened quite early on after everything was sorted for for everyone involved at the club, for Kane, for the fans, for management, for the other players. You know, it's, it it was good for that. Um, the lineup I thought excited me because you know we get to see some of our new players in action, but also I saw a lot of fight in the fringe players. And I saw a lot of players that want a bit want to force themselves in, which is which is I think really a positive for all of us. And I I just want to pick up again on Brian though. Like I think there's a, there's potentially a really special player there, and you know he's he's there's some stardust he's he's sprinkling um, in his performances. I can't wait to see more of him. You know he's jinky, slinky. He's a little bit kinky even, old Brian <laughs> Hill, isn't he? We love him. We love him so much so that I will agree with Milo's uh, uh, decision that we should probably. Bin Benny as his nickname. He has earned his name to be said correctly. Brian Hill, what a performance. And we must actually also add, it was nice to see Romero out there. I thought he was rather unfairly yellow carded for that challenge, albeit it was a portent to the sort of aggression that we can look forward to from this uh, from this uh, potentially outstanding central defender. So, uh, so good. The Proletariat Champions League uh, taken care of in the group stages, which we'll touch on at the end of the pod. And now... Drum roll. Finally, Tottenham Hotspur won. Watford, the other team with a W we've beaten 1 0 this season. <laughs> nil. What do you think of the lineup? Let's just get right to it. It's a stable lineup. There's one significant switch in there. Um, who wants to kick it off? I think he was the right the right one to, to drop out. I think Bergwin has looked um, a little bit more composed maybe than uh than Mora so putting putting Kane into the team obviously meant we had to drop one of them and I think I think Mora was the right choice um otherwise nice to see a stable team I did wonder whether or not maybe um Skip might have uh stepped down in favor of Lo Celso for a little bit more of a, a front foot team but um you know the one nil suggests it's uh it's 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 worth keeping with this lineup. Um, we do look, we do look solid. The centre backs aren't getting ex- exposed as much as they were last season, and um, yeah, great, great performance, really. Agree with all of that. Uh, we look really solid. I think the lineup wasn't really surprising. There was no big surprises in there. Um, like you said, awesome. I do wonder if we. What would maybe if we took uh, Skip out and met, not put Lacelso in, but put another more attack-minded player in terms, you know, like maybe push Delhi up further to where he used to play, which is just behind Kane, um, and uh, and then and and put like a maybe put Lucas in as well, just at home against a team we're expected to beat in inverted commas. But I I do wonder if we'd lose some of our solidity that we've built up um, in these, you know, that we're showing in these games then as well. So maybe it's all it's all it's all kind of questions that. I, will answer themselves I think as we as we progress but yeah really um really solid lineup yeah I mean let me let me take you on that uh point uh and suggest that perhaps Nuno is sticking with the safest uh of lineups until the window is closed and until he truly knows what pack he's got to deal with and what pack he's got to shuffle and actually that being said there's been another complication thrown in which we'll also cover at the end of the of the pod um do you think there's any truth to the fact that maybe Nuno is thinking hey let's just move you know solidly um you know and 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 just make sure we don't upset our own apple cart until i know what's actually in that apple cart come september 1st 
I guess that you know he is learning as much as anyone. You know, I mean, he's you know he's not been in the job for you know long mm. at all. Um, you know, the one benefit of dropping Delhi into a midfield three is that Delhi obviously is completely adept to play further up the pitch. So even if we do start with what looks like four three three, going four two three one is you know click of Nuno's finger. Um, and you know what I thought was quite refreshing today was that you know he brought on Mora for Bergwin. You know, would last season, would we have seen Mourinho bring off Bergwin and stick on, I don't know, Sissoko or someone a bit more solid in midfield? You know, it was, it it wasn't, it wasn't a, a cautious substitution, put it like that. It was, um, trying to, trying to get that second. It would have been nice to have got that second goal. Obviously, it didn't come. It could have come. Um, I think the one area for improvement in this team is, is the front four clicking a little bit more. Um, but you've got to expect that that will happen. Uh, do we think that the crowd have had any impact um, on on these early season games? Do we think that the crowd had any particular impact today? I think that uh, last year as well, last season, there were a lot of unpredictable results um, that occurred in the league. And I think that was obviously a lot to do with not having the home crowd advantage. And I think we'll see more of a return to some form of normality with uh, with some of the sort of more home banker results. You know, there's always going to be outliers, but I think in general, we'll see that. I feel like our fans this season have been, it might just be because they haven't been, you know, we haven't had the opportunity to be at the, uh, the stadium um, for a while, but I feel like we're backing the team a bit more and we're giving even even our reactions to ex-players like uh, Rose and Soko are really really touching you know and 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 I think we're getting behind the team at the moment I feel like even in the second half I I think we all would have always got the goal and at the moment we seem to be in this kind of pink cloud kind of honeymoon period with Nuno and um and I don't think he's doing anything to make us not believe that we're trying to progress um, and we're seeing from what we saw last season and towards the end of the Poch era and, and um, the last sort of 18 months uh, after that. And then what we're seeing now, we I can see a marked improvement in how we're playing. I can see commitment. I can see drive. I can see players being brave uh, and, and wanting the ball. And I think if you're doing that, our crowd will will always back you. Let's see how long it lasts. You know, I'm a season ticket holder. I know what our fans can be like when when things aren't going too well. Um, uh, not the majority, just I know that we get a bit impatient, we get a bit tense. I think that one thing I will say about our support base is that if they see a genuine uh, commitment from the top down, uh, they're actually rather more supportive than many mm. fan bases. I do think that, and I do think mm. that Nuno has already in what nine weeks in the job 10 weeks uh, it's a ridiculously short amount of time uh, commensurate to where we sit tonight in the league table um you know he's he's got a lot of interest in the bank at this point because he has really done a shift and a half and and to that degree yeah. i think also you know paratici and hitchin have been working hard as well i think there's a really good unified and united uh, effort going mm. on i think the fans can see it and i think the fans are really behind it i mean i think we all understand that perhaps you know we need a little more creativity in the final third and whether that means you know sometimes uh you know we bring in lacelso uh and sometimes you know we we do play skip and hoybier you know that that's to be said and maybe we need to sign someone but generally speaking he's got a lot of interest in the bank with our fans i think i mean one thing to to raise about you know when people talk about do we play skip and and hoybier together i mean we must remember that that hoybier is not playing a typical role i mean he's playing to the right of that three so he's actually slightly more progressive um so you'd essentially probably bring hoybier back 
and you know you'd rest skip if you were going to bring in an extra player so to speak ball player but right now that would be a harsh thing to do because we are building confidence before i bring you in i do want to point out something that i think nuno has done uh, which has benefited us is we seem to be playing a good five to ten yards higher up the pitch and mm. even when we're kept at bay we're passing slightly quicker now we're not always able to to break the lines as quickly as I think us supporters would want, but we are zipping it around quicker, even if it is a square ball. Um, so there is an intent and there is the knock on the door is is louder than it has been. And it has also emancipated two of the most maligned footballers in our recent history, uh, Eric Dyer and Davison Sanchez, who I would like to point out are currently part of a team that is top of the table and has not conceded a goal. Hmm. So I leave that with you to bounce off. <laughs> I'd like to say that Sanchez's um, long passing has been, you know, Toby-esque. Uh, we got a new Lord of the Pings. I mean, it, it's brilliant watching him, <laughs> brilliant watching him spray it out to Reggion. And it's not an easy pass, but it's it comes down to this confidence thing that's growing within the in within the team, and it's lovely to see. And yeah, look, I'm one of Dyer's harshest critics when when he makes mistakes. So I'm I'm absolutely happy to congratulate him on three clean sheets, and you know. Hardly any mistakes either. He really has, I think, benefited from the inclusion of Skip. And Skip and Hoybier have been brilliant. Um, Hoybier, for me, was as good as good as there was on the pitch today. And he's dictating the passing in the central midfield. Agreed. And those diagonals that Sanchez is is pinging over they're not just he's not just pinging them over into the general area they are landing on the feet of like whether it's um Bergwijn or or um or Reguilon. he you know I, and I was he played a few of them today and I was just like this is this is majestic um and him and him and Dyer seem to have a very good you know understanding and and they're they're communicating a lot with each other and to the other players around them and there's that little axis of like Dyer Sanchez skip and Hoybier, and I, I, I'm not going to put the fullbacks or, or Deli in it just yet in that thing. But those four, um, they're just a, they're, they're bringing out the best in each other. So Skip being there means that Hoybier can actually excel at a part of his game he is good at and he's, he could get better at, which is kind of being more progressive. Um, and and I'm actually I think maybe I'm just thinking out loud. I'm thinking maybe Skip was the missing element now in in some of that because he's allowing other players around him to play their natural game more. I was talking about this with a friend earlier and we firmly concluded that if Skip continues to progress in the way he is, he is going to displace Declan Rice in the England side because he offers mm. more uh, on the ball than Declan Rice does and he's equally as tigerish and as smart. He's a very intelligent footballer um, mm. uh, as well as being tireless. So uh, look, I think we're looking at a future England international. And he's, uh, and he's uh, learning uh, from one of the best in that position, being alongside yeah. Roybier. He, you know, yeah, yeah. He, is, he is a smart footballer, Skip. Already at that yes. age, it's uh, it's a good point. Yeah, he's a, he's got a, a metronomic quality in that sense of he mm. really does keep things moving nicely. He's uh, and you know we're starting to see a little more from him in terms of uh, you know going forward and and what he may may be able to do there. I mean, he's never going to be Christian Eriksen, and that's not what he does. But there is a pass in this in this lad, uh, and it, and it it's going to come out more and more for sure. So yeah, he's really been. It's great to see Nuno giving him the the chance. But quite frankly, I I think you'd be foolish not to. Mm. There was a moment. I don't know if you guys clocked it. I think we were defending a corner. And he got um he got kind of knocked in the back. It's like probably in the back of the neck, but and he hit the deck. 
And he hit the deck, and I think one of the Watford players was just saying, oh, you know, come on, let me help you up. He wasn't being like a shithouse, but he was like, come on, let me help you out. And Skip, there was no emotion on his face. He was just on the floor, and he just looked up at him. He was like, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm hurt. I'm just taking this moment, and then I'm going to get back up. And he was very, he just felt very in control of himself and very in control of the situation. He he is the oldest young man I've seen in a football shirt for years, isn't he? He just... He is just such an he's such an old geezer, right? Is that what you've written down on the pen? Written down in my notes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are we are we playing the congruence game tonight? Yeah, <laughs> dead poet society, old man, and he in, in it. But he, but isn't it true? I mean, you're right. His expressions are brilliant because he's got kind of that bland, open-eyed sort of half, really half smile, but not quite, which seems to be yeah. his permanent expression. Like, he never seems angry, and he never seems explosively happy. He's just got a bit of a skip on him. I think that's going to yeah. be a phrase. Oh, he's got a bit of a skip on him. <laughs> Oliver Skip's, the, yeah, the, the, boca- the, the book of Oliver Skip's facial expressions <laughs> would be about two pages, wouldn't it? <laughs> He'd be a great poker player. I wonder if the boys play poker with him on the bus or anything like that. He'd be, I bet he'd I bet he would clean up if he did, wouldn't he? It's probably not so useful in Uno. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. There you go. Uh, So, Tottenham Hotspur, uh, we have given you some tips when you are looking to fill your time. Not so good with Uno, but have him on your poker team if you can. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I think, you know, look, let's get back to the the central theme of, uh, of Kane uh and and how he did play today uh let's just uh, uh with with sunny i mean do we the partnership did it feel like it was starting to click into gear as uh, i think sunny's having a hard time playing on the right i don't think we're seeing the best of mm. him i think it works much better when he's off the left but you know do, are we seeing the two of them starting to find themselves or not or is it going to take a little longer i think not not yet but we know it's it we know it's there lurking that you know, telepathic communication that those two had last season was was unreal. I mean, they they've broken records, haven't they, for for combining? Um, but they've got other, you know, they've got other highly talented players around them. I think Bergwin is mm. going to be a major asset this season. We know what Delhi can do with 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 good players like Kane. Um, so I think it is just a matter of time. Yeah, and uh, just with on the Son and Kane thing, I think they they it was a bit disjointed today. But just to to, to your point, awesome that uh, last season they they had that telepathic un- understanding and and things were going really right for them at some point because it had to because they were the only two players that we could kind of turn to because of the tactics and and the way the way we were set out. Whereas now we're we're, we're seeing performances all over the pitch, and and that's something that's been really I think important for the games we've seen this season is you're looking at those 11 players and then the players that are coming on you're not going oh he had a really bad game you're going they've all had a good game you know it's it's been a bit disjointed for maybe one player but but they're all performing and they're or they're all trying and 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 again to your point I think it will it will happen again for Son and Kane it's not an issue because it's it's happening in other areas of the pitch and other players are stepping up and turning up. Let's round off by uh, going through uh, a positive and a negative. Let's uh, let's get to that uh, wrap up section of our one uh, 0 victory over Watford. Uh, I'm gonna hand the gavel to you, Ram. Three, two, one, go. One positive, top of the league, uh, and one negative. Um, didn't take our chances. We could have scored more. I'm gonna go with my Hoybier, um feeling that I got in the game that he really has stepped up 
Um, and we know he's a great player, but I, I feel like he was the most important player on the pitch today. And I think like that is having a huge impact on how Skip, um, you know, adjusts to adjusts to life at the top top tier football. Um, and the negative, I'm going to go add direct free kicks in and around the box. Like we, we, I would like to us to have got Ward Prowse, but we just need someone who can hit a free kick that is a little bit more threatening than. You know, Dyer chipped up today, or what Bergwin or what Sun, like no one seems capable. We know that Kane's not the answer either. Um, we need to find someone who can hit a, a 25 yard free kick at the top corner time after time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, before anyone listening to this says, well, we scored from a direct free kick today, let's let's have it straight. I mean, that was absolutely weird. And <laughs> the keeper's going to be look at that on the replay. And yeah. think, How on earth? Did I let that in? So you're absolutely right. A yeah. set piece specialist would be nice. Um, it would be nice to to have someone who can take the take those those set pieces and make them count, especially free kicks. Corners, I feel we're okay with. Uh, yeah, Sun's corners are yeah. a, a step up yeah. from you know some of Ericsson's. I even think Lamella took a better corner than Ericsson. but um, mm. no, Sun's are Sun's are good. He does whip them in. By the way, we should congratulate Eric on his start down in Sevilla, oh, should we? We really should. Totally. We've got to give him, bit, give him a little bit of a wink and a thumbs up. Eric, yeah, we're watching. Yeah. Good for you, mate. So uh, my positive, you all thought I wasn't going to go back to uh, <laughs> going to go back to the Robin Williams uh, theme here, but I am going to, and I'm going to tie it into Deli Alley, and I'm going to do it in this sense. I'm going to challenge the listeners who continually pick Deli Alley as Oh, well, he might, you know, fulfill his potential yet. He's still got a ways to go. He's still got to get back to what he was. I think you need to understand that we have a genuinely multifaceted, multi-positional mm. midfield talent here who right now is showing another string to his bow. And that is the box-to-box, hardworking midfield runner. Uh, again, he did something today which uh, was my moment of the match. Uh, unfortunately, it went the wrong side of the post. He ghosted into the box that way that him and Harry used to you know, hook up in the past. Mm. Uh, I know that he's going to net something sooner than later. He's been popping up in the box the first three games. And once it happens, I feel his floodgates are going to open. And the Robin Williams analogy there, just to be clear, is you all thought that Robin Williams is just a comedian. And then you realised that the man could act. And that's that's that comparison. And I'd say the negative is probably the same as everyone. We do need to start taking our chances because uh, we're not going to win every game this season 1-0. I mean, we're probably not going to win every game this season. That's a revelation, I'm sure, for all of us. But we're not going to win 1-0 and we are going to need to take our chances. I agree with that. But uh, but hey, a great day all round. Uh, however, after the game, uh, there was some information that actually somewhat uh, rattled me, I have to say, and I'll ask you both about it in a minute. Uh, Nuno confirmed that Gio Lo Celso and Christian Romero are jo- uh, well, will join up with the Argentina squad for their September fixtures. By all accounts, they already have joined up with them and they've been pictured on a plane or so on and so forth. Um, you know, Nuno says... Uh, in, in, you know, said in his press conference after the match that the club are working on a plan to minimise the disruption and to mitigate it. And uh, he did seem to be far angrier um, at FIFA and at the government for failing to come up with, you know, a sensible protocol that can help clubs and players in this situation. And he said that I understand that players do not turn down the chance to play for their national sides. Um, albeit, I think in this case, a couple of them might have thought twice. <laughs> That's my personal opinion. However, you know, it, 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 it's definitely a wrinkle in, 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 our, in our early season curtain. And the fact that apparently Davinson has uh, joined up with the Colombian squad as well, you know, 
they're both playing, both countries, Argentina and Colombia, playing in uh, countries on the UK's red list during the international break. And, and just so as people understand why we're in a bit of a tizzy about this and the game is about glory, people returning from red list countries are required to quarantine in a designated hotel for 10 days after arriving in the UK. Um, and it's just uh, you know so unclear uh, whether there can be a dispensation offered by the government. And, you know, it doesn't just affect us. Uh, Aston Villa have got Martinez and Buindia uh, with the Argentina squad too. Um, so, uh, you know, we're really not sure what's going to happen here. Villa did confirm that Buinda and Martinez will not play against Bolivia, meaning that they will only miss one game in quarantine. And hopefully the same has been agreed with La Celso and Romero in that regard. It's a mess. I think it's only going to really, you know, be straightened out in the coming days as the bickering goes on and as someone manages to get something established. But what are your thoughts on this? Do you th- Two questions. Should these players have put club before country or is this firmly the fault of the governing bodies in football and also of our government to not have some sort of protocol in place for such a, a weird and special occasion. I, I just wonder a bit with the, the Argentinian lads, whether or not after their Copa win, if there's something going on that might mean that this is more than just another game, if they're having some special celebration, fan interaction, I don't know. Like it, it It's not ideal losing them for, for, for 10 days sat in a hotel room, but um, hopefully it can be managed I think Romero, you could argue, doesn't need to be rushed into the team whilst we're, you know, grinding out clean sheets with um, Dio and Sanchez. But um, Lo Celso will be a loss, I think, if we if we don't have him for for big games after the international break. I'm I'm going to be, I guess, it's, uh, I'm talking as a fan of Spurs, and I'm going to be a bit more totalitarian about it. But I just think these players are—they're not even—they're not in their prime yet. That some of them are not even anywhere near their prime. They've got a lot of opportunities to play for their country. So for me, I'll always put Spurs first. So for me, I'm like they shouldn't be going. Um, you know, we, you should be putting your club first here. But I understand why I'm I have that opinion, and that opinion is I'm talking purely as a fan, like. I, I, you know, I, I take Spurs over England, for example, as well, you know, and, and I'll always look to protect the club's interests over the national, our own national team. But yeah, it's it's really not ideal. And I hope it doesn't come back and, and bite us in the arse. I think Nuno, I, th- I thought his, uh, his words in, around it were very good. And I think he was very kind of, he made it clear that it's not something we're very happy about, but he also didn't single out the players or he didn't, you know, he didn't do anything that he didn't do what, Maybe previous managers would have done in that scenario, um, but uh, but you know I thought he handled it with a bit of dignity and a bit of grace, which was good. Um, it's not ideal. I hope it doesn't come back to bite us in the arse. I mean, what what what, what else is there to say about our government um, here in the UK? So I won't well, bother. Yes, a whole other podcast could be had, but we won't. Uh, but what we will do is once again celebrate uh, Nuno's first three games in charge, and even on a matter like this, uh, I think it's fair to say that. You know, we trust him. I trust him to navigate us through it. Uh, he's navigated us through a far stickier patch in our history in the last nine, ten weeks uh, than the forthcoming few weeks. Um, so in Nuno, we trust, I think, is is the case. Just one one final point, Steph, on, um, on the, the Argentina fixtures. They've got three games coming up in the next week. Um, I think they, at least two of them are World Cup qualifiers. One of them is away to Brazil. And 
Um, yeah, I guess I guess you could argue from their perspective that these are big stakes games. Um, the football calendar is just unrelenting at the moment, isn't it? We've just you know just had the Copa Copa America, we just had the Euros, we're now into serious World Cup qualifiers. There is no time for there's no time for wasting really, and um, maybe that's played a factor in in their decision to force it through. Yeah, I mean, look, let let let's let's put this straight as well. I mean, uh, Milo and I were talking um, off off broadcast. Um, he's currently at a rave somewhere uh, near Chichester, I think. Um, t- uh, that's what he's been doing uh, right now. He's just off raving, uh, actually by himself, I think. But anyway, uh, we were we were uh, we were talking about this, and he did say, uh, you know, that his opinion was quite firm that he felt that this lay with FIFA. And and their scheduling and the way that it's been scheduled and uh, you know so yes I think you I think it's a fair point that you make there awesome to you know Argentinians Brazil is the is, playing Brazil is like a, a mother a motherload fixture isn't it so yeah. there is that for sure I just look, I just wish as you said Ram I'm all about the club you know club first and in fairness the one that would hurt me the most is is Sanchez because he's just worked so yeah. hard to get back to where he is there again you can argue that he's Copa America with Colombia. Is part of the reason he is where he is mm. so that being said again in Nuno we trust uh, and so I'm sure we'll navigate it uh, just to round up uh, the draw for the Proletariat uh, Champions League group stage was made on Friday and we have drawn Rennes Vitesse and Mura uh, these matches will be played between 16th of September and 9th of December and our first game is away to Rennes on Thursday, the 16th of September, uh, which is fairly significant given what we've just been talking about. We may be playing Rennes without any of those players, but we will see. In Nuno, we trust it's all going to be fine, lads. We're top of the league. We're going to win the Proletariat Champions League. It's all rosy, right? Thanks very much indeed. It's a lot of fun. See you later. Cheers, Steph. <laughs> Cheers, Steph. Cheers, mate. Yeah, and just as we were beginning to get back into club football, you might somehow have picked up from the last five minutes that uh, we have an international break coming up. That's the detectives among you will have already known that. Uh, So on next week's pod, we will be taking that international break opportunity to review the transfer window, chatting about how we have done and reflecting on the already dynamic duo who looks to be bringing a whole new energy to uh, director of football territories. That is Paratici and Hitchin. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, so give us a follow and say hello. And if you like what you hear, do your ears and your brain a favour and have a rummage through the archives because there's some pretty good stuff in there as well. The odd film reference, all sorts of good stuff. If you like the games about glory, we'd really appreciate you taking 30 seconds to give us a review on iTunes. If you're listening on your phone, you can do it right now. Go on. We're not going until you've done it. Yeah, good. I'm glad. Glad to see you did. And and last but not least, a very, very personal thing I just want to say. Um, you know, it was very, very sad to lose Charlie Watts, of course, with the Rolling Stones. Awful thing. Today, uh, we also lost Lee Scratch Perry, uh, who was an absolute innovator uh, of dub music uh, uh, and just music in general. He was just such a presence and such a maverick force and uh, crazy like a fox. But uh, 85 years, a great inning. Um, uh, and I, I know it's nothing to do with Spurs, but I don't care. To me, the way he rolled was was Tottenham energy anyway. So uh just want to say thank you very much for all you've given us, Lee Scratch Perry. And I will be putting, <laughs> I'll be putting some upsetters on tonight. So uh, <laughs> anyway, okay. Thanks, guys. And see everyone next week. <laughs>